Hello. Hey, Marilyn. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, Dan. How are you? Pretty good. Everything uh, everything going well today. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. I didn't hear it. Okay. No, <laughs> After I picked up, I could just barely hear a little voice saying, good luck. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I hear that in my own head from time to time as well. Do you? You got yeah. a little uh, uh, good fortune goblin hides you know, in your head? You can do this. It'll be okay. You can do this. You're not, you're not as bad as people say. <laughs> you're worse. <laughs> well, how, how are you? Are you happy? It's Tuesday, Dan. It's the optimistic day. Uh, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. School starts tomorrow for one of Woo, them. Really? Yeah. Tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, there is... Uh, so when does school start for, for you guys? Monday. So this Monday, coming... Monday, which will be the 19th of August. Okay. Us. So... Uh, my little girl, I think, starts Monday of next week. Uh, my boys, or maybe it's Wednesday of next week. My boy starts tomorrow. And uh, I've done an informal poll of uh, people that I know in different parts of the country. And it seems like the majority start school if they're really all the way up through college, really, but definitely grade school and you know middle school, high school. It seems like most of them start middle of august that seems to be the most common time but i remember being a little kid and some people have told me that that a lot of kids are starting like right after labor day the first week of september i feel like that was that was the normal when i was a kid was after labor day right and it seems like now at least in the at least in the middle and southern regions of the united states it's it's august it's this week or mm-hmm. at more latest would be next week, but you're telling me now California also next week. And and the reason mm-hmm. that this came up is there's a there's a podcasting conference that's happening right now that I'm not attending. And and I had originally thought I might attend, but then I realized it was the same time that uh, the kids were starting school, and that started me along this this quest to find out that maybe. Maybe you'd have to be completely insane to do a conference middle of August. Then I thought, no, you just don't have kids. And <laughs> and that's that's what occurred to me is yeah. that if if you don't if you don't have kids, so much of what happens in the world is really just based on what you feel like doing when you feel like doing it. <laughs> and it has no bearing on you know, and and like it wouldn't even occur to you as somebody who is putting together a conference. Maybe don't do it in the middle or late part of August because literally everybody is starting school. And like what also you might say is, so what? Doesn't matter. You just take a couple days. No, you have to be there for your kids, especially if like mine, they're starting a new middle school. Like you want to be around for that. And the weeks leading up, we're still figuring out little last minute details today. Like he needs a belt now. Okay, got to get a belt. All right. And so I got to go and get a belt. But if I was flying to a podcast conference, I'm not going to be able to, to to help get the belt, you see. Yeah. And so I'm one of those weirdos who thinks that what's going on with your kids is more important than going to a conference. Right. And I just think it's absolutely absurd and ridiculous that you would put a conference anything. August should just be completely off limits for anything like that. Because it's right. all it's the same every year, but you wouldn't know that unless you had kids, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Well. Hmm. I. Mm, I. I. Uh, I don't 
disagree. I'm not unsympathetic. And I'm trying to figure out a way to abstract this to more people. But yes, I think you're right. Okay, two directions. We go two directions here. All right. Direction number one that I'm very uh, comfortable opining about that is a, uh, on the one hand, if if you haven't spent time around kids, and you know, why would you care? Um, but like, th- think about like when your kid's really little. I think that's when it's the most, um, that's when it's the most difficult for other folks to understand. You know, not that they like have to understand, but right. like... Um, I think that's when it's most difficult because you have stuff like sleep hygiene. You have stuff like, well, somebody's got diarrhea today or whatever, whatever sure. it ends up being. It could be me. I'm big on diarrhea, huge fan. Um, <laughs> and maybe you just need, need a little time, a little, little bit of daddy time. Yeah. Daddy's going daddy's to read today. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it is, it, it, that, that is funny. And the reason, okay, so this is the part one part. The part one part is it is funny at a point when uh, your life is so subsumed by, in that case, like having a kid. Another one could be you've got finals for. Right. It could be, but you know what I mean? There are those certain times in life, uh, it could be crunch mode when you're working at a video game company or wh- whatever. Right. But there are certain times where uh, it's it, you are agog that anybody could not be sensitive to the thing that is utterly consuming your life right now. And it, it becomes comical that anybody would expect anything of you. Uh, at a time when you have no control over that stuff. Sure. You know, if you're in crunch mode, you can't just like say, oh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll pop in uh, to Jim and Jane's house tomorrow. It's like, I'm not popping anywhere. Right. <laughs> I have all of this to do. So on the one hand, I, that is, that's something where like it can feel a little bit lonesome to uh, have that kind of a situation when other folks don't seem to have it. You know, I'm with you on that. And the other thing is just like the uh, part two, I don't know how anybody schedules anything. You know, when you've got stuff like, I guess the Apple events are one that are like, they're not as huge as like an E3 or something like that. But I don't know. Scheduling anything is like shooting a bullet with a bullet. I don't know how anybody does it. I don't know either. And especially something as big as a conference. But the, the what really strikes me is like, if I was planning a conference, I know mm-hmm. I'm going to run into conflicts. I know I'm going to say, oh, well, I can't do it then because South by Southwest is happening then. Or I don't want to do it at... Obviously, nobody's going to schedule a conference between December 25th and December 31st. Like or, you're, or arguably even worse, you wouldn't want to schedule a conference on December 20th. That, I think that one might even technically really kind of be worse. Be worse, yeah. That's when people are the most wrapped up in the ramp up to that particular, uh, you know, non-secular holiday or secular increasingly. But uh, anyhow, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's... But no, I feel you. It's, um, I don't know, I just, I feel bad complaining about this, but I, I do agree with you. Um, but I don't want to sound like everybody should have to bow to my needs, but it is it is a study in how each of us sees things differently according to what, I mean, the person who's scheduling that conference <clears throat> has to look at things like, well, last year we did it at that time and it didn't seem to be a problem. Uh, this is when we can get the hotel, right? And the rates, this is, there's, there must be a million things that go into picking a date like that. Sure. And they, they probably have to leave some stuff behind, but yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. It's, it's, it's a pain. Where are you going to get the belt? Are you going to go to Target or what are you going to do? Well, yeah, I went to the Gap cause there's one right around the corner, but they, um, they really only had like adult belts, you know, which isn't to say I'm not trying to find a Spider-Man belt or something, but like they were very adult. <laughs> 
So I asked the guy. It's just really improbably long belts. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked the guy, I'm like, do you have any, um, yeah. do you have any non-adult? He's like, oh, you got to go to Target. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll have <laughs> you it. You want to go over to Halfling Belts. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we can't say Hobbit. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's what I have to do after this. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let me go full in on this. And this is difficult because on the one hand, I don't want to sound like a jerk. And on the other hand, my daughter is here. Hey, you want to say hi? You want to yell hi? Hey, hey, hey. She's listening to the adventures now, so she can't hear me. Ah, okay. Um, uh, Oh, good. So I can speak freely. Um, Yeah. You know, it is, it is, it is weird. And I feel like I've, I've complained about this so much. I feel like such a pill and I'm trying to wean myself off of it. But I, I think about that all the time. Um, it's partly a, like a, a, you know what it comes down to a lot is economics. I think, mm. uh, I think one may, I think I, maybe I'm envious of people <laughs> who are more successful than me. Oh, I'm definitely envious of people who have more, um, like relatives that live nearby, but like, I don't know. It's, this is, this is such a symptom, Dan, this is such a symptom of my age and where I am in life. But when I see like even celebrity couples mm-hmm. and they're like jetting all <laughs> over the place. I understand they're celebrities. It's their job, but they're jetting all over the place. And I know because they're celebrities that they have four kids. And I'm always thinking who's, who's taking care of their kids. Like I like a, a bar opened up near our house. So my wife and I went out for a drink once in the last, I think couple of years. And I feel terrible <laughs> when I do that. It's so weird. It's I'm so broken inside. But that's the thing I always think is like when people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to we're going to go out to uh, well, we need to be in, uh, you know, Australia in a couple of weeks. So we'll uh, jet over to Hawaii on the way. And I'm always like, how do you, how do you do that? And I think a lot of it may come down to economics in the sense that like you've got somebody who can who you can pay to like take care of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you've got like a like a live in mom, a live in grandma. Unless Meemaw is in your in-law, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> right. I don't know either. I mean, I, you know, and I'm, I'm with you about the feeling guilty thing, you know, like I, I know that, that it matter it matters. And you know, what's weird is when, when my kids were little, it's not like they didn't care that I was gone, but they didn't really have perception of time. You know, they didn't, I could be gone. Like they knew I was gone, but they, they couldn't really tell the difference between a two day trip and a three day trip, you know? Sure. They're, they're and, like, they're like a, they're like a middle-aged dog. They have some sense of time, but it's not particularly acutely well attuned. I, I think that's a, a nice way to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, they, they very much know and they very much feel the routine being thrown off or their, their, you know, their just day to day stuff being different. And it's also more of a, a burden on my wife to, you know, to take care of them when I'm gone, because although they, they're both much more independent, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're much more aware of it. And also like, you know, they go to different schools now and mm-hmm. there's more mm-hmm. driving around and there's more activities and okay, which day is, you know, is he going to the the math thing after school and which day is she going to dance? And and so there's like, when, when they were little, it's just like they're running around the house. They're just running around the house, you know, like it didn't matter. So, you know, trying to understand that I think is very, very, very difficult. Like people can understand it conceptually, like, you know, like, well, I understand that you have kids and I understand that, that you can't do X, Y, and Z. I remember I had a friend, uh, his name was Sean. And this was maybe, I don't know, two, three years out of school. So I was in my early, early to mid twenties mm-hmm. and he was a very cool guy, smart guy, 
but like he wasn't cool about hanging out, you know, like he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't go and grab a, grab a, a, a coffee. He wouldn't get a drink after work. He wouldn't, you know, he didn't do any of these things. He like showed up for work. And then as soon as it was time to leave, like he was gone and never really responsible. Turned out he had three kids. But at the time, right. I was like, what a and drag. Like, and then what's the point of making a big deal about that, right? Right, yes. In his it, case, I know, I think I think you're totally onto something there. It's, you know, I mean, there's so many factors that go into this. And I don't know, I, I'm increasingly sensitized to the idea that, like, if you're not burdened or touched by a certain kind of situation, you don't feel any sort of, most people don't feel any sort of need to become sensitized about it, which is a totally normal, especially younger person thing to do. You would never try to speculate why maybe somebody doesn't want to. You, if somebody doesn't want to come to my party, it must be because they're a tool. It's not because they have something else going on. Well, maybe they have right. IBS, or maybe they have a like a, a a sick person that they're taking care of, or you know who who knows what it is. Or maybe here's a crazy one: what if that person has something from? Well, they, maybe they got GAD. Maybe they got uh, social anxiety. Uh, generalized anxiety. Maybe they got social anxiety, situational anxiety. Well, let's put it this way: maybe, maybe they're one of the number of people who, to some extent, finds other people to be energy vampires, and right. uh, and and maybe it's something of a a it's a big lift for them to go somewhere, right? And so, take any combination of those things. Are you going to explain that to people? I mean. Are you going to explain that when everybody goes, "Hey, let's all let's go to go to Blimpy's, let's go to the gas station and buy a sandwich," <laughs> and you're like, mm, "I can't." It's like, "Oh, why?" And you're like, "Well, first of all, <laughs> the sandwich will make me sick. I am taking care of my demented uncle, you know, and, yeah. and also I just don't like going places. <laughs> why you don't want to even bother explaining it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, that sucks that you can't go now. If you had gone, what would you have looked forward to at this conference? Um, pers- on a personal level, the only thing I would have liked about it would have been, you know, um, meeting, meeting people that I've only, whether they're people that I'm, you know, that I've, I've worked with professionally or, you know, people who are customers of Fireside. I think it would have been really cool to meet them. For me, I mean, the, the talks, uh, weren't so much a thing that I cared about as much as meeting the the people meaning the yeah, people. That, that, that um, is the correct answer. The correct, the correct answer is you get to meet people. You get to meet people, you know, you want to meet. Yeah. You get to meet people you think you want to meet and you get people. You uh, maybe one of the most exciting is you get to meet people. You don't know you want to meet. Right. Yeah. And, that's a good you point. Know, so, and that's one reason people love to give me stick that I don't go to WWDC in San Jose. And it's well, why, why bother explaining just all of those same reasons that your friend, your theoretical friend doesn't want to go to Blimpies. Let's just put right. all of those up for me too. Um, but, uh, I've had, I cherish so many things that have happened to me running into people at WDC, uh, I guess XOXO uh, was fun, but I mean, especially WWDC, I'll never forget the, the day that a person ran up to me, whispered, I'm the Macalope, and then ran away. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, <laughs> well, come back here. Uh, and just as quickly as the person appeared, the person was gone. That's all there was to it. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen to me at Blimpy. You know what I'm saying? No, I do. Yeah, have you ever been to Blimpy? You ever you ever have a Blimpy? I've never had one. It's slightly better. It's better than Subway, but it is often in a gas station, so you got to be careful. That's the thing. That's the nice thing. And and you know, I mean, I this is this seems like a kind of an odd thing to say, but you know, like um, there are people that I follow on Twitter and uh, or people that I know from what increasingly feels like another life, which is when I was. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like in some ways I was there at, I won't call it the first wave of blogging, but I do feel like I was very much there at sort of the second wave of blogging, the post blogger, post movable type era right. uh, pretty early on. Right. And that was really exciting. And I really wanted to meet all of these people. And it would be so great to go to uh, what we then called a meetup, which in San Francisco, boy, you're super lucky because a lot of those folks that you want to meet live here. And over time, there was this one side of like, oh gosh, um, like I went to, I went to Corey Doctor's birthday party and I met Jason Kotke and like, what is even happening here? This yeah. is so crazy. Yeah. But, and this sounds wild, but like, it, I also then love going to some place and having somebody come up to me and go, like, I'm J Random Crazy Username. And I'm like, J Random Crazy Username. Oh my God, you're that icon. And it's so nice to meet you. I, I follow you on Twitter and I think you're very amusing. And uh, there's something, that's uh, that's one thing I will miss about the Two Cats uh, comics meetups for yeah, sure. Yeah, I bet. <clears throat> I mean, they were very, very modest in size, but so fun. And I... So nice to see. The well, see, sometimes though that that's better when it's smaller, when there's only a handful of people, because you actually get to to really have conversations there. Yes, I I, <clears throat> I think I think I've been I know I've been to South by Southwest once. I feel like maybe I've been twice, but um, I went there, and I the the main feeling that I had, I feel like I was in like a gachapon or a pachinko game or something. Like I was just bouncing off people in like. 90 second interactions it was so it was like a dream it was so weird and exhausting to meet at least dozens possibly hundreds of people and like i couldn't even keep it straight by the end of the day i was so overstimulated just right. from walking down a hallway <laughs> you know it was, know it, was, it, was, it, was ex- it was exciting but it was a little bit too much yeah um and and a little bit frustrating because it, it's almost like you're in the world's largest candy store, but you know you have to keep walking. You're not allowed to like sit and like really chew on any of the candy. Right. You need to get to the next hallway. Right. It was, it's no, yeah, and it, it I, I never really got to be a part of the South by Southwest thing when it was when it was the first days of interactive that you're sort of <laughs> yeah. you know referring to. I, I I wasn't able to do that because I was I was working and I wasn't. I didn't you know, Florida. if I was you in Florida in, and it wasn't yeah. conducive for me. I, all my friends, everybody that I dreamt of meeting, they were all there and I didn't get to go, but I did get to have a, just a little taste of that when XOXO uh, conference first came out uh, the first year, everybody said, Oh, this is like a reunion of the original South by Southwest interactive time period. Oh, sure. And, sure, and sure. I, I mean, I got to meet so many people that I'd either only only known online or not known and just been a fan of. And it was so cool. And, and like you were saying, people would come up to me and say, I've wanted to meet you. It was really cool. It was really small. It was really different. And, and then it, it also got uh, a bit, a bit bigger. And, and, but even just when it was small that I totally know what you mean about the overstimulation thing. And, you know, and that, and it's like, I understand now deeply what my, my friend Sean, uh, when I was first starting to work was always dealing with, with having, you know, two or three kids. And for me, I was always thinking, man, what a drag, like you've got these kids and you've got to like go home and like, that's so stupid. You can't hang out. You can't do anything. And he never seemed bothered by it. And that always, he was like, yeah, that's all right. I enjoy it. You know? And now I, I like, I know what he's talking about. Like you, if you gave me a choice, there's very few people in the world that I'd rather be with than my kids. And that, yeah, that doesn't yeah. mean I, mean, I don't want to take a break and go to a conference. I do. But no, at yeah. the same time, like this is much more important. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't have a good analogy for this, but like you know, it's like I say when you're when you're at that wherever that wherever they had South by Southwest that giant giant building, you go through the hallways and like I say that it it is like a candy store in the sense of like you don't even have time to like pick what your favorite candy is going to be, let alone like eat it. Whereas when you're at home, um, not only is it like really reliable mashed potatoes that you can take your time eating, uh, but the mashed potatoes need you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> the candy, the candy doesn't need you. The mashed potatoes need you, and uh, that's difficult to forget. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's, that's gonna be a title that's, too. That's gonna be the title, I yeah. think. <laughs> Dan, would you do me a favor? In uh, as much as you're able, would you tell me about something you like? I would like to tell you about away. Here we are talking oh, about away. going big, the big fan, going the conferences, traveling around. Away makes products that are designed to make it easier for you to, to get around and do stuff. And what I mean by that is they started by making the perfect suitcase with the features that make travel seamless because travel's hard enough. There's enough things to worry about. And, uh, and so one of the first things that, that they did was they made this amazing carry-on. But now they have a whole range of other things that also solve real travel problems uh, so that all you have to think about is where am I going? Not... What are all these little details and things I could forget? And so they they started with this cool carry-on. They've got it in tons of colors. They have two sizes. They have two materials, a strong yet flexible polycarbonate, and now an anodized aluminum. Which no is, way. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, this is a new thing. <gasps> so the, the oh carry-on, it's it's light, it's the polycarbonate one. It's lightweight. It's durable, it's meant to last a lifetime, and they want you to be sure about it, and they understand that buying things online can be, you know, well, hit or miss. So they give you a 100-day trial, and this is very cool. They want you to use this. They want, they don't want you to have it sitting in your closet. They want you to travel with it. They want you to try it out. And so a lot of the time when you get something like, well, I, I don't want to use it because then if it's not right, I can't return it. That's not what they want you to try it. Travel with they, it. They Use want you it. to try it. Tra- Absolutely. Travel. Get away, 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 get away. They should get away. Get away. Right? They can, you know what? They can have they can that. Just have the, hey, you know what? They can have that. They can mm-hmm. have that. It's a, um, a limited lifetime warranty means they'll fix or replace it if it ever gets damaged. It's got a built-in compression pad so you can fit more in there and pack it down. They've got tons of personalization offerings. You can even get it hand-painted. They've got the 360 spinner wheels that Merlin taught me were very important and is very important. It's it's got the TSA approved combo locks built into it so you can't lose it. Um, it, it. They've even got an optional ejectable battery that keeps your phone charged at, because some places that you know, you have to be able to remove it or they won't let it. You can, you can remove it. And it even has a removable laundry bag, keeps your dirty clothes away from the clean clothes because you can't have too much distance between the germs and the clean as I'm fond of saying, <laughs> they also have a bigger carry on, but I mean, they've got so many great things. They, it, but above all is that trial. It really lets you uh, try it out. And I have an away suitcase. Or I should say I had one. My son has yeah. claimed it now as his. So whenever we go on the trip, he's the one that has the away. And I, I love it. The carry on is a perfect size. You can fit so much in there with the compression stuff. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I love it. And they've got a special deal, Merlin, for our listeners. Hmm. 20 bucks off a suitcase by going to awaytravel.com slash back to work. And that's simple awaytravel.com slash back to work and use the promo code back to work when you're checking out and you'll get 20 bucks off your suitcase. Dan, these aluminum ones, uh, they look like tweaky. Oh, from Buck Rogers. 
Itty bitty bitty suitcase. <laughs> that's that's right. They should do a Doctor Theophilus strap on. Where you can put, put a big clock on the outside. I I love that cool. idea. I love. Well, they it. can just have that. They should send me one of these. This is a handsome handsome bag. We have three away back. So technically four because we have their little uh, that new um, <clears throat> like day pack. Yeah, I have well. that one too. I use that as my gym bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, same thing happened to me. My mine uh, my original away was adopted. Uh, then that was uh, replaced with a, uh, they have a store here in uh, San Fantastic where you can go out and you can go to a store and you can, you can buy them at a store as well. Uh, don't do that because I don't think we get credit for using the code, but uh, yeah, don't you know, go to the uh, store. Away, away, away travel, they get my official okie dokie. And they've got so much cool stuff. They've got the little dop kits. They've got Dap the kit. backpacks, day packs, everything. So go check it out. Awaytravel.com slash back to work. And uh, we appreciate their support. Thanks away. Thanks away. Buck, buck. <sighs> so, yeah, it's yeah. complicated. It's complicated. I mean, I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not, um, I, I think, I think it's, you know, it's like one of those things that, that you see that when you just say, you know what, I guess that's not for me. And that's the only, <laughs> yeah. that's the only way that I can make peace with it is to say, they really just don't want me there. And that's, oh, that's okay. Now you're, you're and that's exaggerating. Okay. No, I'm bit. not exaggerating because if you're they wanted, I'm a parent. If they wanted a parent there, they wouldn't have done it in the middle of freaking August. That's yeah, that simple. Sure. They don't want me there. Discrimination. I'm not, not discrimination. Merlin, I'm not the kind of person who looks for things to be offended by. Mm-hmm. But are you asking me if it's discrimination? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. That's, mm-hmm. that is correct. It's, it's. You know, they, they do not want be, or, or they want to sort of laugh at how hard and disruptive it would be for me to go. So either way, I'm a joke. Is it, wait, is it happening right now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's weird. No one will it's hear also, this. Because, it's also, you know. um, it's also eyed right now in the face, in the Muslim, Muslim faith. So that's kind of weird. Well. And so no, another, I mean, another like, way that big, they can, no, it's like when everybody does the Hajj and I think this is when you, yeah, it's like a really big religious holiday. Well, there you go. Oh, well, I guess that's the other day it's over now. So you can, uh, you know, well, you can recover or, from it. Well, sure. Now yeah. when's, uh, when's the one where you don't eat that when's that one? Uh, what's that called? Uh, what's that called? What's the one where you don't eat? People, you'd all be so hard on you. You would hate that. In wh- What's which, the one? What am I thinking of? The the the, the Muslim uh, thing where you don't eat. What's I don't know. Oh man, that's gonna that's gonna drive me crazy. It's gonna in, come to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna yell a word probably within three minutes, and and that will be what that word is. In uh, in 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 Judaism, yes. the uh, it there's one holiday called Yom Kippur which involves fasting, and you um you eat a large Ramadan. Ramadan, yeah. Ramadan. That's made How long to do they June. have to fast for? A whole month? Do, 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 just under a month. Yeah, my, They're my, not uh, eating my kid for had a, a friend month? at school who was observant, and uh, I don't think you're even allowed to drink water during the day. It's a, From, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough baller holiday. Wow, that's tough. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <sighs> I remember Yom Kippur, man, you'd have, you were not supposed to eat uh, for like, like a, basically like a, well, technically, I think they would say it was 25 hours, but it's... It's like a full day that you don't eat, and then oh, you have they a, have they have an extra hour for Elijah. <laughs> I don't 
don't know. That's I don't smart. know what the extra hour is for. But yeah, I remember they used to say it was 25 hours. <laughs> well, maybe it's like Scientology. You'll find out later. But you stop eating at sunset. <laughs> Once you level up. On one day, and then you, you eat at uh, like sunset the next day. Okay. Wow, I would not like it that. It sucked. It sucked. And you're supposed to be going in, and you're supposed to be in synagogue the whole time, basically. What? And this is when you repent. Okay, so uh-huh. my understanding of this is Yom Kippur is where you are like uh, Rosh Hashanah, I think is, wait, which one is you? I think you repent the whole year, but huh? you're supposed to like. You have um, like an Anis Apologetica? You have Yom Kippur is like your last chance to like be sorry for the stuff that you've done bad over the course of the year, because that's when God is going to like close the books on you for what happens like, in the next year sin taxes <laughs> yes yeah, see because jews don't really believe in heaven no. or hell or or yeah, everything is, is supposed yeah me too everything is supposed to happen now yeah. so like if you screwed up in 2019 then uh your your yom kippur is your like last chance for you to like get right and and because whatever you don't atone for by feeling horrible about it and like yes. being in synagogue crying yeah. Then God will be like, you know, you weren't really sorry. Your 2020 is going to be really bad. So oh. that's the only way that you can straighten it out is to like feel bad about it enough so that God's like, all right, okay, okay. All right. Enough. I get it. I get it. You're sorry. You'll have now a good year next year. Do better. Year. Do better. That's right. Judeakins. Yeah. But it's only one day of fasting, which was horrible as a seven year old. Oh, God. What was that? What was that line? Was it John? Was that John Stewart? Even in sin, you pay retail. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, boy, the um, the Protestant Christian holiday seems so easy by comparison. I mean, we had the we had the big ones. You know, we're the Christians. Hello, we had um, we had. Uh, you get Christmas. You got um, you get Easter. I'm trying to think of other uh, Palm Sunday. You know, which precedes Easter. Are there any holidays that you're supposed to feel horrible during? Not really, not as much as you guys. You guys seem to really have cornered that market. Um, There's always something. The Catholics now. The Catholics uh, have a lot of guilt too. Yes, in fairness. But can you imagine how much guilt there is in some place like a Long Island? Can you imagine? It's wall to wall guilt. Wall. <laughs> Levittown of guilt. Yeah, that's complicated. No, we um we had the real simple ones. We did we did go to uh, church a lot, but churches. Here's the thing, Dan, for, for like Protestant Ohioans, church is pretty great and pretty easy. Yeah. There's, there's, there's childcare. First of all, there's a place where you can like, there's like a nursery. Uh, there's that. Uh, and there's a, uh, you know, there's, uh, you got Sunday school, which is fun. You make things out of popsicle sticks. You can make that on a, a Christian ashtray. There's all kinds of fun stuff you can do. And they even have a like, little church. There's something called, what's called Junior Church. It was called Junior Church. But there's the big sanctuary one where you, you sing your Onward Christian Soldiers. And then you had the little one where you'd sing the really fun songs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, me I know from you describing it. I don't Would know Would you like me to sing being... one for you? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Mm. And it involves clapping. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He reached out his palm and asked for an alm, and this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He went walking and leaping and praising God. And yeah, and so you get a song like that. You yeah. sing a three-quarter time acoustic guitar song in a baby church. Woo! 
Ooh, boy, that's fun. God, that sounds fun. We had some jams, man. Yeah, was, some of them were just Bible verses set to music, but <laughs> well, that's not bad either. I mean, in 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 uh, in synagogue, I mean, really every Jewish holiday. I was as you were singing, I was kind of thinking about it. There's a lining of sadness and guilt in all of them. Like even the most festive. Really? Yeah. Even the most festive, which I don't know, would be maybe Purim or Hanukkah. Still, there's like a horrible, tragic story to go along with it. (laughs) Like it's never, it's never just all happy. It's like, well, we're celebrating because we didn't have it as bad. We have it bad, but it's like, it's not as bad as them. And now we feel bad that it's not as bad. Yeah. And maybe it should be worse. So yeah, just I don't be make, happy I don't it's too, not I worse. I won't make it too heavy and serious, but you know, <laughs> it is interesting because like uh, on, uh, on Deeper Friday, Max has talked about, you know, one of the things that's really frustrating, uh, being a, a Jew in America today is when you get all these dinglings on the other side going, oh, look at this, this happened, don't forget the Holocaust. He's like, believe me, we are not going to forget the Holocaust. Yeah, right. Shoah is something that <laughs> loomed over us at every single occasion at every event mm-hmm. like it was it was the the elephant in the room for like most of a, a Jewish kid's yeah. childhood yeah we didn't have that we didn't have that we had um we had, we had peppy songs uh we had vacation bible school that was fun yeah it's 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 interesting it's it's so different we didn't have anything like confessional i mean you could go make an appointment with the minister if you had a problem but you know so what do you do if what do you do if you did you know something bad you stole something do you have anyone that you like, do you just oh, pray directly saying. to God? Because like in, in Catholicism, you can go in that booth. Yeah, confessional. Confession and be like, oh, I stole this, I stole this Hot you go, Wheels you go, car. You, you get in there, you talk to Moriarty and, uh, and you get absolved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we didn't now, have, we, I, don't, I feel like we didn't have a formal avenue for stuff like that. We, there was an inter- kind of interesting structure. We had kind of our own house and senate inside the church. So you've got the minister, you've got the associate minister, you've got the youth minister, and then you have a group called the elders, and you got another group called the deacons. Deacons are usually younger people. Elders are, as it says on the tin, um, older folks. Uh-huh. So the elders are kind of like the Senate, and the deacons are kind of like the house. Okay. And they also, they function as ushers usually at, uh, at sanctuary. Then you got people who teach, uh, you know, the, the classes. Sunday school is not just for kids. They'd have, and you could go and like, depending on your level of sophistication, to be honest, you could go to uh, different classes, you know, you could take lamp lighters with Dr. Cotterell, which was some serious, serious stuff because he was an actual biblical uh, scholar. Or you could just go to like, you know, you sit around and read Psalms like a sucker, you know. One of the, here's a real question. I know you're, you're, you may know, you're not Catholic, but you may know something more about it than I do. The, the guy in there, the priest, right? Yes. The, the, the thing in between you and the priest it has like yeah. holes in it and stuff. The tennis racket, yeah. So like he or she, the priest knows who you are. Like it's not a I secret. Think, I think so. so. There's a screen and a little door. But like they, like if 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 you go to that church, yeah, and then you sit down like a, They there, don't give you like one of those. They uh, don't have like a twenty voice changes. voice change. Yeah. So if you're in there, <laughs> and you're like, like me, Father, for I am sin. Right. I stole that Hot Wheels car. He's gonna be like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, person. Um, it has been four days since I stole my brother's Hot Wheels. Right, star. like he's gonna he's gonna know who you are. But Absolutely. What, what if you go in there and you've like done something punishable, like you didn't steal a little car? You like <laughs> if you've done a fireable offense? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? 
are they no, obligated to say report you? Uh, busted a tinky in the holy water or something, something that gets at his career. Or no, rough. well, I was thinking more like if you committed a crime, like a real Ooh. legit crime, is he obligated oh. to, and you can, you got to confess it to get right with God, yeah. but then is he going to turn you in? Doesn't he have does an obligation? That, does that implicate you vis-a-vis uh, the law? It's my understanding that even uh, the United States legal system, that uh, that is almost, is not the same as, but it is similar to a relationship with a lawyer, lawyer. and that that is not admissible. Now, there may be a codicil hmm, where, let's say you're going to try and prevent some kind of future crime or thought crime. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he's got a big red phone. He could pick it up, you know, and uh, and, and call uh, Sam Waterston. Right. Like if, I don't know. If, if you went in there and said, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this horrible thing, then oh, right, isn't right. he obligated? So it's more of a press release. It's more of a criminal press right. release. <laughs> right. Because- <laughs> For immediate release. Well, like if you- if you, I want to bust the joint out. If you tell you- <laughs> Yeah, light a match. Light a match, bust the joint out. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like, is there, there have, we have to have, I know we have priests who do confessions listening to this. Tell, tell us what the, yeah, of course I know it. I know for a fact. What's the best place for people to reach you if they have uh, answers to your questions about whether priests have to report people for committing a mob based crime? Where do you want people to reach you for that? They can go to 5x5.tv slash contact and click on the link for back to work and we'll get the email. That email address is still getting a little bit of abuse. A little, and I just changed it too, and it's still already Mm -hmm. on the list. It's already on the list. Maybe you should come up with something more. uh, Contact form. A diceware. Oh, contact form would be so good. I would love that. But we do actually have some uh, some very good uh, letters from listeners that I wouldn't mind addressing. Okay. Um, uh, kind of a lightning round, but, but, uh, can I ask first that you tell me about something you like? I'll tell you about Grammarly. This is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students and top professionals to use Grammarly because it will help you do your best work and accomplish even more of your goals. It is a writing assistant and it helps you improve your communication this could be some, something you're doing for school. It could be for work. It pretty much anywhere. And a lot of the time, and this is even for people who write frequently, you'll sit down and you'll say, you know, I need to write, whether it's an email, a, a research paper, um, it, it could be anything. You're going to sit down and write it. And you know what? You will make mistakes. Grammarly is there to help you fix those mistakes. But it does more than just that. It actually looks at what you're writing within the context of what you're writing and it will help you with structure. It will help you with the, the, the vocabulary suggestions, conciseness, readability. But again, it understands the different occasions that you might be writing, whether it's a business proposal or an academic essay or a blog post. Like it gets it and it understands that the kind of writing you would do in a business proposal is very different from what you might do in a blog post. It understands that. It gets that. Now, what I'm describing, these features are all about Grammarly Premium. Because they're regular, they have a free product for you to start out with. That's going to look at critical smelling and grammar. But if you want that advanced punctuation, the structure, that style within context, that's Grammarly Premium. And that's what you should really check out. Uh, it, it This works pretty much anywhere. This will work in any browser. I mean, it, it works in a desktop editor. It even has a mobile keyboard checker. So you can use this wherever you go. The URL to go to is Grammarly.com slash back to work. It's spelled G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y, Grammarly.com slash back to work. You'll get 20% off your Grammarly premium account. 
So go sign up for the free one, try it, and then use that special URL, grammarly.com slash back to work to get 20% off your premium account. And we sure do appreciate the support of Grammarly and uh, you'll like it too. It's really cool. Go check it out. Thanks, Grammarly. Buck, buck. Good stuff. It's the muting of the bell where you can tell you're a professional. Oh, thank you, man. It's like if you, you can hit the crash symbol, if you wait for it to ring out. Yeah. Ugh, it's too much. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing you'd never know. No. Unless you, unless you like really invested time in this. Well, I mean, thank you for saying that. You've been Somebody hitting be that bell there. for a long time. Listen, Marlon. listen, here's the thing. There could be a youth out there right now holding the bell for the first time. Maybe they got it for a birthday or, or a, a non-secular holiday. And they're saying, I, I, I like how that sounds. Why doesn't mine sound like that? Maybe I should buy a nicer bell. No, don't worry. This is a very, this is a very standard bell. And it's really, it's all about the technique. I had a bell for, I used to try and do a tandem bell with you. And it's I don't tough. know what happened to it. It's gone. Yeah. How do you even, even just keeping track of a bell for an extended period of time, regardless of whether or not you learn the technique of muting it. Yes. Without GPS. Is a Mm -hmm. challenge. Yeah, I totally agree. But you know what I say here? You know what they say, kids? They say it's not how many years you play, it's how many hours you play. Get in that woodshed. Make a, first of all, make a woodshed. If you don't have a woodshed, make a woodshed, ideally made out of wood. Put some wood into the shed. Go in there, bring your bell and get in there and, uh, and spend some time, really spend some hours. Sure. You could, you could print out some tab. Some some bell tablature, <laughs> bell tablature. Is there that such sounds a like thing? the name of a of a of a heroine in a Tennessee Williams play? <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> um, bell bell tablature. Oh, it's just so hot on this tin roof. Miss <laughs> 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 <Like> tablature. <laughs> Miss Tableture, on behalf of the other citizens, I want to welcome you to all fair city. Oh, thank you, sir. It's just so hot. Um, <laughs> the Pulitzer Prize for strangest zero act play goes to there you go, Tennessee Merlin Williams. Hi, <laughs> how's it going over there? You good? What's she doing? She can't right now. I think she's drawing on uh graph paper, and I think she's still listening to the adventure zone. Um, you know, we got some of that. Um, hey, how's it going? Hey, hey. Will you yell hi? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Why well, you drawing on graph paper? What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. I'm, I'm, we're on 15, 20 more. Yeah. Mind blown. Okay. <sighs> Dan, um, bell tablature. That's pretty funny. That's like funny that. to me. I, it's funny. No, it's good. Thank you. Uh, we know we got a lot of good letters. Uh, here, um, uh, I've, I've uh, dog-eared three of these. Okay. Um, I'll let you pick. We probably have time to do at least a couple, right? Yes. Let me see here. We have uh, one from a listener who has been thrust into the world of needing to manage people and needs some advice for how to handle that. We have a really good question uh, from a listener about um, the, the challenges of working from home. And uh, we have one who wants some follow-up. Uh, regarding a topic from years ago, what does it mean when you talk about something being temporarily unbroken? We have more, too, or we could throw these all out and talk about something else. It's entirely up to you. It's your show. I, I would love to do any of those in any order that you want. Working from home. All right. Okay, this is from... I, I would like to ask before you read it, have yeah, you sure. have you ever worked from home? I know you have your, your personal private office, uh-huh. Uh, but, ha- and, and that to me is separate. You have separation yeah, between, yeah, yeah, sure. you know, uh, have you ever worked from home? Hmm. Have I ever worked from home? 
except for the period from summer of 1999 till um, late in 2000. Barring one year where I did go to an office, I've worked at home since 1995. Do you consider what you're doing now working from home? I mean, I mean, so for purposes of, of this and most other questions, the answer is it's a qualified no. It's here. So here's a part of the problem with working from home. And we'll get to this, I think, a little bit in this question is that there's the there's the the home part, which is like, oh, gosh, there's all, all kinds of things I would love to talk about that are complicated about that. The other thing that's huge, though, is sometimes working from home just means you're not where everybody else is working. Right. Right. Do you follow? So like, for yeah. example, even on this podcast, um, there's a podcast I do with two other people and I sometimes really, and they're in a room together in a mm-hmm. studio. So mm-hmm. I have to remind them, <laughs> it sounds silly to say this. I have to remind them that I'm not with them. Right. You can't them, see I, what they see on I the table or what whatever. I can't see what they're doing, even though they're both very strange people who don't make eye contact with anybody. Um, it's still, I have to remind them that like when you bring in a guest, it's, th- it's three on one, this particular game of basketball. Like, I don't know what's happening. I think both of those are important. So no, um, so I've been in this place for, I think, 10 years now, this office. And no, that's very much not working at home. But, you know, boy, it is funny to kind of go back to your original, the topic that kicked off this episode. Um, the, the challenges of working from home when I was 29 in 1995 versus the challenges uh, of working from home um, in the late 90s, when I was a little older, versus the challenges of working from home when I... Had a, had a jobby job, a salaried job, right, in uh, the early, in 2000, mm-hmm. to then going freelance and working from home from California. There, there's some, certainly, there's a Venn diagram of tons of similarities, but also just uh, a whole lot of similar, uh, there's, there's, there's differences and similarities, but it's, 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 it's awesome for the reason everybody in the world knows it's awesome. The day you get to work from home when you have a jobby job, everybody knows what that means. You're not really working from home. Sure you are. I mean, you're kind of working from home, but we know what it really means. We know it's really a euphemism. Um, I'm working from home. Um, but you, one does feel very out of the loop. One, do, one is faced with challenges one doesn't have in an office. Let's just put it on the table. I would rather work remotely in almost every instance than work with other people. There are times when it sucks. It sucks to be the person who's remote or the people who are remote. I mean, you know, not least because I think, in, except in pretty unusual cases, you're probably, not, uh, all of the things being equal, you're not as valued by your peers and rank and file people as somebody who's in the building. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I think all of the things being equal, you're going to have more aloha for the people who are in the trenches with you versus, you know, somebody in a different time zone, you know, who you can't even, you can't even see if they're in their underwear or whatever. Like you had to pick up dry cleaning and drive here and find a parking space and all that other, you know what I'm saying? I I think it's difficult to totally set that aside unless somebody is a superstar working remotely. And if they are a superstar working remotely, well, you probably don't like them. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I know. You know, I, I, I worked from home. Like I don't consider where, you know, I get in, I get in a vehicle and drive to this little office, you know, five days a week. I don't, feel like this is working. I mean, you and I are remote in that sense, but working from home for me really meant, you know, different in a way from like telecommuting where you, maybe you're at a, at a, uh, like a co-working place or maybe you're at a Starbucks or, you know, mm-hmm. there, I know a lot of people who work remotely and never work from home. 
you know, they're never physically in their house. They wake yeah, up and they that, leave their nice, house. That's a, that's a nice distinction. And there are people who like, for whatever reason, choose to always be in like a Starbucks, which. Yeah. Uh, one of my, one of my friends does that every day. He works, he works for a company. I actually am um, introduced him uh, as a, as a potential employee and, and he's been there, gosh, more than 10 years now. Um, I left like a year after he started maybe less uh-huh. and, uh, and you know, it, for him, that's what he does. He, he leaves his house, he drives, goes but, to but, a but Starbucks, he's, he's there all day. Of all the places you could be, being at a Starbucks in particular, oof. I know. Oof. I know, it's horrible. I, just, I don't know how he, and, and, you know, sometimes he'll go to a library and I guess see, he's that's, got a, that's more my jam. Yeah. But for me, I, you know, when I did work from home, I had to set up very, very clear cut rules for myself. One of the things mm. that I did for the longest time I'd had a laptop I actually got rid of it and switched to um, to to a desktop machine because I had to have a rule for myself because of course I was I was running my own business but even before that it was very hard for me to disconnect from oh, the 100%. yeah and so I found that like I would I would I would bring the laptop and like oh it's after dinner but now let me just you know that thing is on my mind and I'll just it was so easy to just open the laptop and just all of a sudden now it's 2 a.m. and I've been like sitting there coding instead of getting a break from it I had to create that physical separation for myself which is like when I'm in the office the only thing that I'm doing is working and when I'm out of that room that I call my office I am not working um I think we're already answering Ryan's question without having heard it. May I, may I read you what listener Ryan wrote to us? Yes, go ahead, Colin. Why don't we just keep riffing? Thank you. Why don't we just keep riffing on this? Because this is pretty good. Okay. Um, listener, listener Ryan writes to say, I'm in an industry where it's possible to work from home. In the past, it's only been for a day or two every couple of months. In a couple of weeks, gosh, sorry if you've already started, dude. In a couple of weeks, I'm starting a new job where I'll be working remotely full time. I'm excited for this new gig, but I still have a couple of concerns that I'm hoping you two could offer some advice on. I'm slightly introverted, but I still like seeing people sometimes. How do I keep myself from becoming a hermit? Also, I've become accustomed to a certain standard of living because every office I've worked in provides drinks. How do I keep myself stocked up on coffee and sparkling water without breaking the bank? Finally, how do I make sure that I have a clean separation between work and my family? Is that even possible? Thank you to listener Ryan. So I don't think we need to change anything about what we're discussing here. Uh, It's all germane to what he's talking about, except Mm -hmm. arguably for the sparkling water. You're on your own there, buddy. Um. So where, where did we, where did you leave it off? Oh, I don't know. I think when I was I just, you? no, no, you didn't interrupt. There's I, so many there's a things. Lot you know, me, Dan, you know me. Um, you know how I like to taxonomize, synthesize, analyze, problematize. I like to do all the eyes. Uh, eyes have it. Um, and so like when you say working from home in this case, let's, let's, let's keep, uh, as I say, interrogating this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I say, there's there's the distinction of like well, when you say re- re- work from home, do you mean do you mean remote versus in the office? You know, um, when you say work from home, do you mean from a, a home or or a Starbucks? There's all those kinds of things. Right. There's also, I mean, the working from home now that that has become or telecommuting now that that has become normal, people do more often. Um, I think it's definitely become more acceptable. It's not just a euphemism for uh, onanism. It's it's it does mean something. It is it is meaningful. And now increasingly, so many people that have a salaried job might even be a quote unquote executive level or director level who are, as they say, 
working from home. But mm-hmm. let's also get at another piece of this that we need to shade into. I think there are shades of someone who works remotely versus in the office. The assumption is mostly, whether it's true or not, that that person has more independence, agency, and freedom in all the uh, all that that implies than the people who are working in the office. Is that not fair to say? Even yes. just, just general. Absolutely. I don't know what you're doing, right? Unless you have an open, I don't know, Zoom, Skype, whatever the kids use today, unless you have a video connection on all the time, you don't know. Like you address something that we should get back to in a second, which is like, oh gosh, you know, it's so difficult when you're working independently to know when to shut the laptop. Well, imagine you've gotten to a level where most of what you have to do is communication and management, and you can do that all on your phone. Well, suddenly everywhere is your office. In that sense, right. really, I mean, this is something that's been beaten to death in the last five, 10 years, but that's that's so huge. Uh, it's very, very difficult to shut all that off, uh, just as it is, again, difficult for other people to know, maybe difficult for them to know how well you're doing. They could be looking at your commits and seeing like, you know, doing code reviews and seeing the quality of your work that way. Um, it's, it strikes me that actually that doing something as a developer, programmer, or coder, scripter, whatever, that that is a on the face of it, a potentially less perilous kind of work to do remotely because doesn't the quality kind of over a given month, doesn't the quality kind of shine through? I mean, I think it does. The level of work. I can't, are people going to, people are going to see if you're just like watching Scooby-Doo all day, they're going to notice in the quality of your code, right? I don't think there'd be a way to hide that. And you know, one of the, the things a friend of mine used to say whenever we were, you know, we used to work together in a company. It was very corporate, you know, thousands of developer kind of, you know, situation where you'd go in right. there and like the philosophy was, uh, if I can't see you, you're not working. And so we used to have a little game. At least I did because the, the director who was like my boss, uh, he was, one of these guys that would always get in early, like he wanted to be the one to flip the lights on. Mm-hmm. And I knew that about him. But one thing is occasionally, and it's, this has been happening my whole life, sometimes I'll just wake up very early. I don't know why, I'll just wake up early. And so on those days, I would just get ready and go into work. And I would be there, like he might <laughs> get in at 7.30 because that was what he determined was before everyone else. I would get in there 7.15. And Did he I perceive would, that aggressively? Uh, well, I wanted him to, uh, because <laughs> I would be sitting there working and he'd come in and right. be like, oh, hey, how are you doing? He'd be like, oh, you're here early. I'd be like, yeah. He would then have to start getting in at 7.15 himself so he could beat me there. And I, I was war. able eventually to get him to get him to come in before seven o'clock. <laughs> and I considered that a huge accomplishment. But that mentality of, if I can't see you, you're not mm-hmm. working is very harmful to people, especially, you know, and I know the most about developers, software developers who love to work at weird hours, who love to work intermittently. I can tell you there's, you know, it's a very, for me anyway, it's very cyclical as far as how development cycles kind of work. I'll have a time period where I'll be very, very prolific. I'll be like super inspired. I'll be cranking out code, adding new features And it's not like I'll burn myself out. It's just that might last for a few weeks. It might last for a few months. Uh, But after that, it's like, then I'll kind of, I won't be as productive. And so if you were to look at my like GitHub um, 
you know, like commit rates, they'll, they'll kind of come in bursts, which are like, might be a few weeks really busy. And then a few weeks where I'm not. And mm-hmm. the thing that my friend always used to say is I just want to work somewhere where they value what I'm able to produce and not how long it takes me to do it or, or whether I worked eight hours today or four hours today, but was really productive or I worked 16 hours straight and then took a day off. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that for I a do. lot of people, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially in those jobs where you're not, where you might have a deadline or a goal or a thing that you're working toward. As long as you get it there and your code is good and what you've created is good, who cares whether you did it in two weeks or three weeks? I guess you could say, well, we want people to be productive. We're paying them. But are you paying them for the time they put in or are you paying them for what they contributed? And I mm-hmm. think the it, the answer should be the second. It should be what people have contributed. And, and that has a value in and of itself. And so working from home there or working telecommuting, working remotely, there has to be that trust that I'm not so concerned that this person started at 9 a.m. and finished at 6 p.m. I'm more concerned about were they productive? Are they the, are they fully productive? And if they are, good. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, this is a reckon more than science, and it's a little off topic, but it goes to what you're talking about, which is that um, um, we tend to value we t- we tend to value some common in life. We tend to value some combination of what we can understand and what we can quantify. Mm. Because we can't manage something unless we can like see it and count it. Mm-hmm. I, f- I I feel like, but which which I, I know that sounds like a very obvious thing to say, but like you can decide to evaluate yourself by how much money you have in your bank account. Right. That's something that you can see in some ways, even if it's abstract. But you can also quantify. But it, it is funny how cultish we can get about about diving really deeply on that phenomenon without examining it too much. So like another example um, might be you look at all the stuff that's happening in the podcast space that really comes down to, did you, do we, how many people heard the ad? If you, it's amazing how much of the quote unquote technology, new technology and podcasting ultimately comes down to how many people listen to the ad because that has implications of right. all sorts. It's, you know, really when people say things like, oh, you know, how many downloads, what's the audience size? What they really want to know is how many people heard the ad. The only way to know how many people heard the ad is to do this this monkey business with, with the stats. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that they, they want a way to see that. They want a way to quantify that because that's what they have right now. They don't, there's, there's no, it's, you can't quantify uh, how valuable it is for a given person to have in like an anecdote about, you know, I guess you could look at how many signups there were with the code, but advertisers hate that. Most, I think most advertisers kind of hate the code thing. What they really want to know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm trying to get at though is that, and I'm not just, it's not that specific example. It's all to get us back to, did I see you, it was your butt in the seat today. Um, what, what time were you here? Were you here at the right time? Were you not too early? Not too late. Were you, you, were you doing things that I could see and quantify? And when people are doing things that, their manager or a team leader or evaluator can neither see nor quantify. That's when things get complicated. Um, I, I don't know. That's not necessarily a very brilliant thing to say, but I, I think that's important to keep in mind is that we all each develop our own cargo cults around what we can see and well, what we can see and what we can quantify. Mm-hmm. And I think managers get antsy about that. Any kind of leader gets antsy about that because once they don't have a way to see and quantify, they lose a lot of their value. 
Right. You can't boss somebody around if you don't know what, how they're doing. <laughs> right. How do you how do you get leverage over now them? What? Now what? Why are you getting the big bucks in the good parking space if you aren't there bossing people around and quantum seeing and quantifying them? Right. You know, it takes a very elevated leader, not just manager. It takes a very elevated leader to let go of that and be able to focus with a with a great deal of trust and um, insightfulness to be able to look at the product of somebody's work. Um over time, mm-hmm. again, over like you say, over time, because you know, again, a good leader would know that this is a oh god, a ten to one programmer. I you know that's I forget that who was that who was it that said that wonderful phrase like why do they pay you all this money and like something like they pay me to have one good idea a year. It yeah. doesn't matter how many other ideas. If I have one really good idea, which sounds like such a bonehead thing to say, but you, what I'm trying to get at is if the, if the real metric of this big thought leader is to have one good idea a year that ends up making, you know, tons and tons and tons of money, then why are you worried about what's happening day to day? But not all of us are at that level. If you are at the level of producing JavaScript, what, is somebody going to look at how many K-locks you've uh, committed? Like, (laughs) how do you determine that this person is a better coder than that person? How do you determine that this person's comments are going to be useful to us in three years in a way that this person's comments are not? Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, now you can see me kind of walking around the perimeter of this particular, uh, obelisk. Cause I don't exactly understand how you do that, but like so many things like, like maybe like a black hole, you identify what's happening here by, uh, w- you know, what you can see around it and what you know is not there. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know why that is, but I do know that does come down to, if you're going to be working remotely, it's, uh, it doesn't hurt to be great at what you do and to be working for somebody who's sympathetic. Can I bring in one more of my... Well, actually, why don't you tell me about something you like, and then I'll bring in another one of my uh, annoying, um, you know, clarifications on what words I would, I would like to hear that. I'll what's tell the, you... What's the last thing you want to tell me about? The last thing is Squarespace. Come on, Squarespace. You're telling me that not everybody has Squarespace still? There are people that don't. You know, I see Squarespace sites all the time, but I don't know it. And that's yep. the coolest thing that, about that's Squarespace. That's how you know it's working. That's right. Because you would think that... Uh, that that oh it's it's some website that makes other websites they're all going to look the same they're all going to yep. do the same thing they're all C- gonna, cook, but, cookie cutter in a less enlightened time you see it's cookie cutter cookie cutter site I am happy to tell you Merlin that that couldn't be less true no cookie no cutter no cookie no cutter I mean listen we're give them that we're idea put guys put your here. content out without clutter that's right you can make a website for any idea that you have, and it's going to be completely your own. First of all, they have tons of templates that you start with, but then you get into customizing them. And if you and the person next to you both started with the same template and messed around with it for 15 minutes, I'm not talking about writing code. You're just, you're tweaking knobs, you're sliding dials, you're doing cool stuff. You're going to wind up with a completely different website than the it's person It's hard to next make to their you. sites look ugly. I'm going to say it. You can't it's do it. It's difficult to make an ugly Squarespace. You can't. You'd have to really try. You'd have to, you know what? You'd have to get in the code. You'd have to break some stuff to make a site that isn't all pretty. It's a pretty site. You can you drag s- and you drop. You drag from here, you drop to there. That's all you got to do. You can, you can uh, blog. You can uh, sell mm-hmm. products. You can promote stuff. You can announce an upcoming event. There's so much that you can do. Pretty much anything. You can, you can host files up there. You got analytics that help you grow in real time. It's got built-in SEO uh, it's secure. You don't have to patch anything. It's optimized right out of the box. 
I mean, and you can do stuff that seems impossible. It seems like you shouldn't be able to do it. You know, you get mm-hmm. into that mentality that, well, this is going to be hard. It's not. It's easy. There's so much that they've thought of. Pretty much any feature, anything that you want to do, it's there. And, uh, and they're encouraging people like us to make it ourselves, to go out there and create a website. You don't need help. You don't need to hire someone. Now, if you do need help, they've got 24-7 customer support. But I'm saying you don't need to go hire someone. You don't need to... Don't let that old school philosophy of, oh, I got to spend $10,000 to get a website made. And it's, you know, <laughs> I used to do that. I know. It used to be my job. And mine too. I feel so guilty of <laughs> some of those jobs. I know. Squarespace came in and changed it. So to, to, uh, uh, to support the show. They put me the out show, of business. I've never been happier. Good way to say it. Thank you. Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com slash it's your show. Mm-hmm. You'll get a free trial when you're ready to launch. Use the offer code. It's your show. And you will save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. So that's squarespace.com slash it's your show. Just going there, visiting that link, lets them know that you're listening. And uh, when you're ready, it's your show, 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks very much to Squarespace for making this show possible. Thank you, Squarespace. Fuck, fuck. You got to get in that wood shed. You get the wood, you build the shed. You put the wet in, web, wood inside. You bring your bell, you go inside. Bell tablature. I so think he's 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 going to need to just deal with the fact that he might have to go buy himself some water or whatever. Because you're talking about the talking about our listener Ryan, yeah, a listener. Because, mm-hmm. but he's not going to have to spend money on uh, on, dry on, on on dry cleaning or gas pants. or no pants. pants. Don't need pants. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's living that pants free lifestyle. Okay, so. People like to uh, have have fun and they like make fun of me because I do stupid stuff. And and one of the things is that uh, I I I sometimes like to make distinctions that maybe are only valuable to me. <laughs> Again, what's the name of John Syracuse's famous uh, book that he'll write someday? Uh, nobody but me cares about this, but I do care about this. <laughs> Um, no, nobody but me cares about this, but I do care about this. And I'm going to tell you about this. I'm going to say when you talk about the stuff that you do. In the big umbrella program called Life, Hmm. one of the distinctions I want you to think about is physical locations versus areas of responsibility. In this case, areas of responsibility is a a word that I'm cribbing from uh, David Allen from his book, Getting Things Done, copyright David Co. 2001. I want you to think about physical locations versus areas of responsibility. Because there's four words that a lot of us use and two of those uh, words get used synonymously with the other two words. So I'm going to do this less as a pronouncement that makes me try to sound smart and more as a challenge to you, the listener. Mm. Here's my challenge to you, the listener. For the next week, when you're referring to the place where you go to do career things, if there is a place, whether that's an office or whether that is a spare bedroom or whether that is a Starbucks, I would challenge you to refer to that by the name of that location. In my case, that is called an office. For Dan, that might be called a studio. Mm -hmm. But I want you to think about that. Now, what is it that you are going to do when you go to that physical location? In my case, I'm going to do some stuff that is called work. Right? Mm -hmm. But you know what I try not to say? I I, I really, this this is the challenge. The challenge is to catch yourself when you say, okay, I'm going to work. I challenge you to say instead, okay, I'm going to the office. Okay, I'm going to the studio. I'm going to be leaving the office in a few minutes. 
and then I'm coming to the house. Wait a minute, why'd you say house? Why didn't you say home? Because this is part two of the challenge. I want you to consider that home is an area of responsibility and house is a physical place that you're fortunate enough, fortunate enough to get to live. You can say you're going home, but I'm, like, th- 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 that's not the challenge. The challenge is, if you mean the physical structure, I want you to say house. Right. Now, why am I telling you this? Why do you keep bringing this up, Merlin? This is so stupid. <laughs> why do you get to have a podcast? Well, I'll tell you why. Because if you actually do this challenge and put your back into it, you're going to find this so much more difficult than you think, and I'll tell you why. Because as much as Dan says he likes to concentrate on only doing work stuff when he's at the studio and only doing uh, home stuff when he's at the house, in my experience, uh, whether wherever you work, whatever you do in this world today, you will increasingly find that there is stuff that you have to do under the big umbrella of life where you're going to be doing home stuff when you're at the office and you're going to be doing work stuff when you're at the house. And guess what? You're going to be doing home and work stuff when you're places that are neither of those places. Let me ask you this question. Let's say you work on your own. Maybe you work remotely. Let's say you know that you're out of the classic, you're out of toilet paper at home. Now, when you get to Walgreens to buy toilet paper on the weekend, let's say you also remember you need to buy some of those fizzy drinks you like to have at your office. Are you going to not buy those because you're not on work time right now? What a dumb question. Of course I will. Yes, because you have adopted this more than you realize. You've adopted the fact. Are you going to just literally, physically not check email for a home account the entire time that you're at work? Do you have a second phone that makes it impossible for your family to text you? Well, of course not. That would be silly. Okay, well then accept that there is more overflow between these two areas, these two times two areas, then you realize. So when somebody like listener Ryan writes to us, when somebody else says, well, of course, this is complicated, you've already, the part that makes this difficult is how we haven't fully accepted how much overflow there is between those things. So to have you, I want you, I want you to value the life that you have and the butt that you're left with. What I would like you to do in the next week is to, I challenge you to refer to the places where you work by the proper name and to, to properly address the areas of responsibility. If there's only one part of this challenge that you feel up to, simply do this. Simply notice how many times you refer to the place where you go to do your career things as work. This is not even getting into the quote-unquote work of home life. (laughs) There's a lot of work that comes to home life. You don't get to choose not to pick somebody up today. We're not even going to get into that. So that's the challenge. So I, and, I, and Dan, if you would, uh, if you would like, you may you may participate in this challenge too. See if you can see. Uh, see, really, all you, I'm not asking you to change. I'm asking you to notice. Mm-hmm. I just want you to notice how difficult this is because if you notice that, you don't need answers to any of these emails. It will be clear to you that we're living in a crazy new world where there's so much overflow. And if you get good enough at taxonomically making that distinction, you now have opened the door to getting better at making that physical distinction, at saying, well, now I am at the house where I'm going to do home things. And that means, in my case, it used to be, like you said, Dan, that means I don't get to open up the laptop till after somebody's in bed. Right. But that could also mean I'm going to put this into DND for a little bit because it's time for us to have dinner together. So try that. And once you see you don't need an explanation, the explanation is having seen it, you are welcome. It's Tuesday. It's an optimistic day. Optimistic day. You feel good about that? Yes. I'm going to say yes to that. Oh, okay. I will say uh, okay (laughs) to that. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to our sponsors. 
And until uh, until next time. Hey, listen, break a leg with school. I hope that goes well for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank me you. Me break my leg too. Me break my leg too. Yeah, because the next time we talk, I'll I'll be able to we hear all about it. Two middle schoolers, two tweens in middle school. So weird. Mm. All right, uh, should we button it up? Yes. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. <laughs>